and welcome to our podcast, friends. We're doing it, Matt. We're going to make a podcast. So uh, welcome to Ballot Boxing, where Matt and Christina, friends you don't know yet, talk about the Oscar Best Picture nominees. Usually Matt and I try to watch all 10 nominees prior to the Oscars airing, discuss them amongst ourselves. So now we're just going to record those discussions. Yes, drop in. It's gonna be it's gonna be a fun ride. It's it's called ballot boxing because we are going to verbally spar over the candidates. Discussion will be a plenty. Fantastic. Well, let's get started. So again, my name is Christine. I'm an elementary teacher who is currently teaching 15 tiny friends every day in kindergarten. Matt and I have two kids of our own, Charlie and Elizabeth, who will likely be referenced lots in this podcast. I like to read and I generally eschew movies. Matt is the movie expert and I am not. But I am very committed to the Oscars for some reason that only my mid 90s self understands. I really like the fashion and the glamour, but as I've matured, I've taken issue with some of the politics and racial inequities around the show, but I still love it and I love watching it. And I don't even think it matters anymore, but I, I'm, I, it matters to me. Well, based on the ratings, the ratings have been getting worse mm-hmm. year after year. So it is, it's not looking good. Should I introduce myself yes, as well? Please do. I'm a high school teacher. Uh, history and geography are my subject areas. I'm also um, a baseball coach at school. I volunteer in a number of other capacities. And I think of myself as sort of a amateur film critic, critic. buff collector. Mm-hmm. I care a whole lot more about this than you do. So this is you being a good sport. No, I care, but I care about the Oscars. It's like I don't really care about movies generally, but I care about those 10. You really do not care about movies generally. It's but true. these 10, yeah. I will, care about uh, books. These move the needle. Yes. Okay. Yes, you do love to, to read. Speaking of movies. Should we talk about the nominees? Let's look at the list here. Uh, The nominees, alphabetically, are All Quiet on the Western Front, Avatar, The Way of Water, The Banshees of Anna Sharon, Elvis, Everything Everywhere All at Once, The Fablemans, Tar, Top Gun Maverick, Triangle of Sadness, and Women Talking. Chris, how many of these have you seen? One and a half. (laughs) One and a half. So I saw, we saw Everything Everywhere All at Once together. in our basement and we really both liked it which i'm sure we'll talk about and i have seen the first half of elvis with charlie and we both liked it we just they clearly didn't grab us because we never got back to it uh, but we will be watching it as part of our part of the project right what have you seen uh, i've seen the banshees of anna sharon on disney plus we watched everything everywhere all at once together and i saw top gun maverick twice this summer once with charlie and once with another friend mm-hmm. um and uh it's, really liked it. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, to go see it twice, you, you must have liked it. it not going to win, but I wish it would. Mm-hmm. Um, Which of these, if you were to rank them right now in terms of what you're most interested in seeing, do you have any sense? Do you even have any sense of what these are about? I don't know, but I'll quiet on the Western Front. feel like it's probably a war thing. Avatar, like I know what Avatar is, obviously. Banshees, I only know what you, what I overheard while I was cooking and you were watching it. And it sounded very quiet and very Irish. Um, the Fablemans is Spielberg and something about movies, I think. Tar, don't know. Top Gun, obvious. Airplanes. Tranquil Sadness, no idea. Women Talking, I know, but because I'm a big Sarah Polly fan. And so I did read some articles on that one in the New York Times. And I'm excited to watch that one, even though it contains a topic I am, I usually totally, completely avoid. Avoid is probably not strong enough word. <laughs> we'll get up and walk out of a movie. If there is sexual assault or children dying in a movie, I am out. But I'm going to watch that one. I just may have to watch it by myself. <laughs> what? Uh, okay. So we know what we have seen. Is there any that you are quiet, that you are um, excited about? So I'm looking at the list and, and being a history teacher, 
Uh, Am I right? Is All Quiet on the Western Front a war movie? It is. Yes. It's based on a, a classic novel. It was written in the late 1920s, I think 1928, by a guy named Eric R Maria Remark. I read that book in university, in fact. And um, it's really good. And um, it was made into a movie in 1930, one best picture. It was made into a TV movie as well at some point in the 1970s or early 1980s. This is the first remaking of it, first revisioning of it in 40 years or so. Mm. So I'm excited to see that one. I'm going to be honest, um, the ones that I'm not particularly interested in are Avatar, The Way of Water. Um, I don't know that there's going to be anything anything new there. I'm not really moved by it. I don't think I was really clamoring for a sequel not, after not after this long. 2009. It's been a long time. Yeah. Um, but I remain optimistic that it could be good. Elvis, I generally don't like biopics because biopics generally try to do too much all at once. I prefer a biopic. But... And you don't love Baz Luhrmann. Yeah, I suppose that's true. Yeah, I, I mean, he he's certainly um, stylistically trying to do things that that I'm not particularly interested in. Mm -hmm. And musicals, which he's made a couple of, I think, mm -hmm. are not really my thing at all. Mm -hmm. With biopics, I always find that, as I said, there's they try to do too much. It's the the entire life of Elvis, I suspect, from child to um, death, death, and everything, mm -hmm. everything freaky in between. And that's a lot to do in two hours or two mm -hmm. and a half hours. I prefer a biopic that's like, here's here's this person's finest moment or here's this person's best week or year or something like that. Even a year sometimes can be too much. Um, musicals are my thing, listeners, just yeah, so they you are. know. Yeah, they are I indeed. do enjoy a musical. So I'm not too interested in Elvis, frankly. I hate to say it. The Fablemans, um, mm -hmm. I, you know, I want to be a Spielberg completist. I think most folks our age that like movies um have seen everything hugely else? influential and and he's clearly a marvel even you know at the age he's at um so i'm very interested in that but it's lower on my list tar is by all accounts spectacular including the performance by kate blanchett in the lead so i'm interested in that triangle of sadness is a foreign language film and I have plenty of time for foreign language films. Mm -hmm. You sometimes don't love that as much, and I, I will, I will watch women talking. I'm mm -hmm. not, I'm not opposed to it. I like a, a people in rooms talking, even if the room happens to be the loft in a barn. And I take issue with spar number one. I take issue with the fact that you just said I don't like foreign films. I do like them. They just need to be good. I feel like there's a lot of films that people think are good just because they're from a different country. And I'm like, that's not true. So like profound symbolism and nudity just doesn't cut it. It doesn't it do it for me. Right. Yeah. If I'm going to bother to read subtitles, it better be entertaining. Um, and I love, um, um, oh, geez, it won Best Picture. Korean film, help me. Parasite. Pa -pa Parasite. Pa -pa Parasite. Loved Parasite. So I do like the occasional. So if I'm, if I'm ranking what's left to see, really what I'm, I'm most interested in is All Quiet on the Western Front. Mm. And Easy. then The Netflix. Fablemans. And then sort of everything else gets lumped together. Okay. So let me ask you this. What what are you looking for in an Oscar winner? Like what do you think is a a worthy Oscar winner? When you when you think mm -hmm. this is a this is the best movie of the year. I want what are the characteristics of it traditionally? I'll tell you, I'll tell you why. Well, I'll tell you what I want and I'll tell you what the Academy wants. Two interlaced but different things. I want all the emotions except for like maybe disgust. Like I want like to be happy. I want to be sad. I want it to be entertaining. I want it to be propellant and keep moving. I don't like a boring movie. I know that movie making is an art form and that's like obviously the consistent societal opinion and one that you agree with, but I want to go to the movies to be entertained. I don't want to sit there. I don't even mind learning something. Learning something can be entertaining. I just don't want it to be boring. I think, don't think that's too much to ask. Um, I think the Academy wants that as well. But they also 
maybe subconsciously, take into consideration where the world is at the given time. Like parasite wins when parasite wins because of what was happening in the world at that time, right? We're, sure. we're getting, we're, we're in COVID, we're, we're struggling with that. And uh, CODA wins when CODA wins because we needed an uplifting, I'm getting goosebumps thinking about CODA, an uplifting, I felt good walking away from that, even though I'm crying, kind of a movie. And okay. that's why I called it last year. What so, about you? Oh, uh, well, when I think of best picture, I think something that's challenging and artistic, something that's unique, usually uh, involving um, strong acting performances. Um, and there are certain tropes that Hollywood likes. They like movies about movies. Mm -hmm. They like movies about um, people overcoming difficult circumstances. They like a transformation. They do very much. Um, so when I think of like the best pictures, um, you know, the, the ones that immediately pop to mind, I think of Silence of the Lambs. I think of Forrest Gump. Um, I think of uh, Shakespeare in Love. Um, in terms of things that in, in that was when we were really paying attention. Like as a teenager, that was really what was jumping out off the page. But I, I consistently um, surprised by what ends up winning Best Picture. Like I, mm -hmm. I liked Coda very much, but I was surprised that it won it last won year because we needed to feel good. Yeah, people felt good watching it. Yeah, shall we take a quick break and let's, come back? Let's take a quick break. Okay. Okay, and we're back. Um, we're going to have a look at the categories, the above the line categories. You know what above the line means? Nope. So in, in movie making, mm -hmm. um, there are sort of the things that happen out in front of the camera or at the high end, it's sort of like executive decision making and making the movie. And then there's everything else, uh, costuming, sound editing, makeup, makeup, right. visual effects. So those things are below the line. Oh. Above the line are in front of the camera, director. Sometimes screenplay would be considered an above the line as well, but we don't have it listed here. Does cinematography, is that considered above the line? That would be below the line uh -huh. because... I know, I get it. It's behind the yeah. camera. I just think it's an important one. Oh, absolutely. They're, all, they're all important. I didn't really know what cinematography was before I started dating you. Um, well, I that means you've known what it is for a long time. That's true. <laughs> I didn't know that that was a movie term and it's like, that's like Downton Abbey. The upstairs people and the downstairs people. Right? Like That's the right. famous people, the rich Upstairs, people, and the not, and the not. That's cool. Okay, so best director. Um, we've got Ruben Ostlin for Triangle of Sadness, Todd Field for Tar, The Daniels, Quan and Scheinert for Everything Everywhere All at Once, Martin McDonough for Banshees of Inishirin, Steven Spielberg for the Fablemans. Do you have do you have a, a horse in this race at all? No. Do you know anything about any of these folks? No, I know nothing about all of them. I'm just irritated. I'm irritated about two things. I'm irritated in general that Steven Spielberg got a nomination. I haven't even seen the Fablemans. Like I said, don't really know what it's about. It's not about movies. Um, but I just feel like he, I feel like Sarah Pauly should be on this list without having seen either film. And maybe I will change my mind on this. Without having seen either one, I can't believe Sarah Pauly didn't get a nomination. And I felt like she was really in the running. I thought that was a lock. And so that the fact it hasn't happened bothers me. So that's issue number one. I mean, I, can I just interrupt to say that yes. like she is, uh, I think, notoriously private and shy. Mm -hmm. And she's been making the media rounds. She's been on podcasts and mm -hmm. being interviewed. So she's like way out of her comfort zone, trying to sell the movie and trying to sell herself, I think, mm -hmm. in terms of what she's achieved. And to campaigning. be ignored, campaigning, yeah, mm -hmm. and to be ignored, mm -hmm. or at least excluded mm -hmm. from this list. I'm sure she was on many short lists. Mm -hmm. I wonder if there was a sixth nominee, if she would be the sixth nominee. I would see, I think that's a change the Academy should make. I think they should list, I don't know, maybe 
one or two of the next people, or maybe another five for like, you almost made the nominee list. We've got 10 nominees for best picture. Why not have more for everybody else? Well, it's, it would certainly... just, why not just nominate everyone who's de deserving? Why does it have to be five? Why can't it be seven one year and three the next? Probably for brevity on the show. Like they, they can only have so many nominees. They can only show so many clips. But I think that it would be interesting to make some sort of process oriented show where you had like a, a semifinals before the finals. So you knew who was going to be eliminated um, by vote. I think, I mean, it'd be humiliating so, for uh, a lot of people. I was but... going to say, this is, this is, you're turning the Oscars into uh, American a sports Idol. tournament. Yeah. American Idol. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. So I don't, so, and my other issue is that it's all men. Like, yes. forget Sarah Polly, who deserved, um, I think, deserves it. But like, it's, it, yet again, it's all men. Yeah. And I just wish that was not the case. Yeah. The director of, um, uh, the Woman King, Gina Prince Blythewood, mm -hmm. not on the was list another either. One, yes. Yeah, and she was she had received some initial, uh, some initial praise. I'm going to go out on a limb here, and I would early. I'm going to make an early prediction that I think Martin McDonough is going to be the uh, the winner of Best Director here, um, and I think that if it's not him, it's going to be Todd Field for Tar. Best actor? Any, any? Uh, I, I, I can. I'm going to ask you, and then, and then you need to ask me the same question because I have a very clear opinion on this one. Okay, so the actors are Austin Butler for Elvis, Colin Farrell for The Banshees of Inisherin, Brendan Fraser in The Whale, Paul Mescal for After Sun, and Bill Nye for Living. Mm -hmm. Do you know who these people are? I know who most of them are for the five. Big Brendan Fraser fan, liked him since Encino Man. Bill Nye, I really like, and I'm really glad he's nominated. I don't know who Paul Mescal is, but uh, and I don't, I've never heard of After Sun. Like, watched half of Elvis, so Austin Butler, I know who he is, and I've heard he's a big deal with younger adults yes dating because... cindy crawford's daughter yes but i feel like he was on a show that i did not watch because i am 40. he was on some sort of disney or nickelodeon show okay. so i think the under 23 crowd really, is really, digging, really him hard. digging him but my i'm left with best for last colin farrell deserves this this oscar not only for this movie but that will be the kind of oscar where it's like you've just had a great career here you go yeah and i hope there's a lot more left in it as well yes um i've always really enjoyed his work and um having seen the banshees of inishirin and having seen a little of the impersonation of Elvis by Austin Butler, Colin Farrell is a much more complete individual. Mm -hmm. And there's more nuance, I think. And uh, I'd be shocked if he doesn't have a trophy. And I know that Brennan, I like that we agree on that. Brennan Fraser, uh, I know that there was some early talk about him, but I think that was before anybody saw the movie. And I'm going to, I bet you anything. I want to watch that movie and I'm going to hate that movie. Yeah, people, people, it's Darren Aronofsky and people are generally, um, not, not liking it very much yeah. or you know they think that the, the performance sort of saves it okay i didn't realize it was aronofsky who did the whale yeah oh I, that that's news to me in this moment okay best actress kate blanchett for tar anna diarmas for blonde andrea riseborough for to leslie michelle williams and the fablemans michelle yo everything everywhere all at once all five apparently are very very good performances this is a very competitive field this year i go michelle yo Michelle Yeoh in the movie Everything Everywhere All at Once, so physical. Um, her martial arts skill at her age, because uh, I believe she's in her 60s, um, is is really, it's almost uh, Ginger Rogers-esque in terms of the physical uh, element. And then additionally, emotionally, she's, uh, she's terrific as well. Um, really runs the gamut, playing a mother... Um, uh, with a troubled relationship to her daughter and a difficult relationship with her husband and um, put upon as a businesswoman, an entrepreneur, as an immigrant, really a lot happening. And feels um, like she... And she's in every scene. Yep. And uh, feels like she had other moments, which we find out is accurate, yep. that 
where she could have made a different choice and thinks she would have had a different, better life. Um, I did want to mention something there about... Okay. Uh, other best actresses, though. Kate Blanchett appears to have the lead in the field. Go ahead. Michelle, just back to Michelle Yeoh for a moment. She is such a superstar around the world that I think that that would indicate that the Academy is thinking outside of just the continental U.S. states in giving her an Oscar. Again, like Colin Farrell, it would be you're an international superstar and the biggest thing in China, here's a, here's an Oscar. Yeah, I don't know that it's pandering to the international audience so much as a recognition of what she's actually done there, though. Like, it is a truly a, deserving... I don't want it to be a pandering. I want it to be an acknowledgement that there are movies that get made other places. Yeah, okay. And that there are movie stars that aren't American and aren't famous in American, but that are still famous in other places. Okay. Go ahead. Anna Diarmas in Blonde, playing Marilyn Monroe. Um, very recently, we've seen... Um, uh, uh, playing Judy Garland was Rennie Zellweger and one best actress, um, you know, doing the impersonation often does get you the award. People really hate blonde though. Um, the director allegedly, um, made a very visceral and, and almost gratuitously disgusting, um, film and, and people are kind of torn on that. And Andrea Risebro is just, she's got this groundswell of popular support among actors mm -hmm. right now, which put her on the map again, in front of people like Viola Davis, um, who looked like maybe she had an inside track to one of the nominees. Um, okay, so I, th you know, we agree that Michelle Yeoh's terrific, but I think if I was to put money on it, it would be Kate Blanchett. Best... We, didn't, we didn't talk about Michelle Williams. Do you want to? She's annoying. <laughs> See, I, and I knew that was going to be your hot take. I, I apparently she plays, uh, she plays um, Steven Spielberg's mother. Oh, oh in, no. in what is essentially an autobiographical I'm sorry film. Sorry, I called her annoying. And. Um, yeah, well, Stephen will be getting in touch with you, I'm yeah. sure, because I, I I, you know, he's going to listen. He's definitely going to listen to this. I just, I think, I just, I'm not a huge Michelle Williams fan. No. I often find her one note, and I know that everybody thinks that she's like the best, like she's a really great actress. I just, I maybe I haven't seen enough stuff with Michelle Williams in it. But I'm just not, not a huge fan. Okay, I want to like her, and I can't. Best supporting actor. Uh, we got two actors from Banshees of Inisherin here. So Brendan Gleeson from the Banshees of Inisherin, Brian Tyree Henry in Causeway, a movie that we don't know anything about. Uh, Judd Hirsch in The Fablemans, who I think has one scene, but it's a big showy scene. Mm -hmm. Barry Keown from Banshees of Inisherin, and Ki Kwan from Everything Everywhere All at Once. I got nothing here. Yeah, I, I didn't think Brendan Gleeson's performance was all that great. I think he plays off of Colin Farrell for the most part. Um, and I found him sort of mystifying in the movie. Barry Keown is a, it's a very scenery-chewing, uh, hey-look-at-me performance. Um, and a lot of pathos, a mm -hmm. lot of empathy there. But I think Ki Kwan playing Michelle Yeoh's husband in Everything Every Well at Once may have the inside track. Okay, finishing up with Best Supporting Actress. Angela Bassett for Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Hong Chow for The Whale. Carrie Condon for Banshees of Inisherin, Jamie Lee Curtis for Everything Every Well at Once. And Stephanie Sue for the same movie. Oh man, I don't know. I think I go Angela Bassett because they were so crappy with like putting anybody. Well, there's a lot of Asian representation, but not a lot of black representation. I think Angela Bassett gets it based on both her performance and the fact that she's a like strong black seasoned Hollywood actress. Yeah, I've seen that one. Uh, it's a really good performance. Uh, I have a preference for Carrie Condon. Um, I think she was remarkable in Banshees mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. she's, she's a good actress. And, and it's and a great performance. Great performance. And, and a lousy movie. I'm sorry to say. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. And great performance and great career, right? Like yes. Oscar sometimes 
will uh, recognize careers as well versus just single performances. Last but not least, what you've all been waiting for, our takes on Best Picture. Okay. Um, I think right now, by the sounds of it, it's a three-horse race, maybe just a two-horse race. Um, I think that leading the way is likely Banshees of Inisherin at the moment. Everything Everywhere All at Once has a groundswell of support, and Tar seems to be the third film. I think everything else falls outside of the, the serious contender billing. I think that if the Academy cares about people watching their show for the next forever, they should not have Banshees of Inisherin win. Because I'm just thinking, my mom and brother are like very regular movie movie people, like regular people who like going to the movies, and they went to see that movie and hated it because they didn't find it entertaining. And I think that if the Academy wants to reward both art and entertainment, it's got to be everything everywhere all at once. Yes, I probably agree. Although I think that there's a real critical consensus out there that everything everywhere all at once is chaotic and that's it, the point. It, it bothers the sensibilities of some filmgoers who prefer more of a linear storytelling um, and, and coherent uh, 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 storyline. Um, and I think that if you really wanted to make everybody happy... Top Gun. Top Gun's got to be the winner. Top Gun's got to win. Even though you haven't seen it yet. I, I suspect I'm... that when we make our way through, and that is the intention here in our podcast, mm -hmm. is to have a look at all of these and talk about them uh, to you, the listener. Um, our friends and family. That... Uh, <laughs> When we've seen them all, Top Gun Maverick might be the one you had the most fun at. Of course it will. I, I can see that now. I mean, women Talking is not going to be a fun movie. But did I learn something? Is it entertaining? Is it like a new perspective? Yes. So there's going to be ones that I like for different reasons. But yes, entertainment, pure entertainment value, it's going to be Top Gun. Okay. Thanks for listening, everyone. And we will be back after our first one. What's our first title going to be? I think we have time to see Avatar, right? We have a, yeah, I think maybe the gonna, option to see We're going to carve it. some time out and see that. We're going to start with the longest ones first, and mm -hmm. then maybe... Subject to change, but that may be the way we go. Yeah, okay. We'll see you at the next episode. Bye for now. Take care.